This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Your radio doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on your radio doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When Recovery Centers of America at Devon opened its campuses on the main line and in South Jersey, they offered a new approach, local addiction treatment led by an expert caring team of professionals. RCA has since helped thousands and leads the way in innovative programs and exceptional inpatient and outpatient care, all in a beautiful setting that allows for healing and recovery. RCA answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, 365, including the holidays. All admitted patients and staff are routinely tested for COVID-19. Call now at 1-888-RECOVERY. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Sunday morning at 10. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or 10 months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good morning, and thank you for joining us. Welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. In recent weeks, we discussed obesity and its possible consequences, including fatty liver. Today, we'll discuss the diets that are most likely to provide healthy choices that decrease risk for heart disease, diabetes, fatty liver, and so many other diseases, including multiple cancers. We are so fortunate to welcome back our favorite guru of gourmet, queen of culinary, and master of menus, Emily Rubin, registered dietitian, the director of clinical dietetics for Thomas Jefferson University Hospitals, GI Division, Celiac Center, Fatty Liver Center, and Weight Management Center. She's also the chair of public relations for the Philadelphia Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Welcome, Emily. Your reach is vast and you help so many people. We appreciate you sharing your time today. Oh, of course. Thank you, Dr. Richie, for having me. This is, I think, my third time in I love talking about nutrition and educating others. Well, thank you. So let's begin with basics, Em. We know the recommendations, five servings of fruits and veggies a day, whole grains, not white bread or pasta, healthy fats and healthy proteins, drink water instead of sugary beverages, but we stress the other very important factors being active. So let's talk in general. Can you explain why eliminating carbs is often the first step in a weight loss plan? Um, Definitely. So limiting carbohydrates, it's really the kind of carbohydrates we want to eliminate in a weight loss plan, such as processed carbs, such as the white bread, pastries, donuts, cookies, not necessarily referring to the carbohydrates that are, um, you know, wheat bread and whole grain pastas and beans and fruits and vegetables. So again, a lot of times when people eat carbohydrates, they may overeat on them and they may not combine them properly with fruits and vegetables to have a balanced diet. And the other thing about reducing carbohydrates is basically when we take out carbohydrates, our bodies will then use fat and protein as our, as our source, which will make us feel a little bit more full and we will eat less. And if you're breaking down fat instead of carbs, you're breaking down fat, which I guess is the, uh, the, the direct goal. And as you say, if fat, eating fat makes you feel full, then the second layer is you're eating less. So I think people need to hear that to understand, and they'll be a little more motivated to say, that makes sense. It makes it a little bit easier. 
Definitely. It's also not only fat, it's also fiber. So the mm-hmm. fiber also makes you feel full. So eating more, you know, fruits and vegetables, beans, breads with lots of fiber and pastas, some of them have like about seven grams of fiber per serving. It's going to sit in your stomach a little bit longer, making you feel full. So in the long run that you eat less. And so the thing behind metabolizing the fat is that, or, or even the, the carbohydrate concept is that if you feel full, you're going to eat less. And what we come down to is really a calorie deficit. And that's how we lose weight. Got it. And of course, beans, as you mentioned, are the magical fruit. I read that in a scientific journal one time. Uh, we talk we're, about we're, right. <laughs> right, right. So beans, I guess, are, are they considered a fruit or they're considered a complex carb? There's, a, there's carbohydrates, there's proteins, there's a lot of things in black beans, navy beans that definitely make us feel full and uh, you know help with weight loss. I th- I, I, I think fruit just fits that poem we all know. So when we talk about carbs, the type of carb in the diet is more important than the amount. I love that you emphasize that. Tell us a little more about that, if you would. Well, so for instance, eating, again, you know, patients will come to me and say, you know, I'm not going to eat bread. Um, So I'm like, but why not? There's so many different kinds of breads out there. There's breads, again, that have about seven grams of fiber. They're even making them a little bit lower in calorie and lower in carbohydrates. So you can incorporate that food into your diet without feeling that you're deprived. So for instance, fruits, whole grains, fruits being berries, melons, um, apples, you know, a lot of patients will tell me, well, I'm not going to eat a banana because it's too high in sugar. I'm like, but you're, you're taking out potassium, you're taking out fiber, you're taking out one of the healthiest foods in the world because you think that it has too much sugar in it. And that's not true. It's also is the amount of carbs. So again, if you eat carbs that are higher in fiber, like the whole grains, fruits, vegetables, sweet potatoes, you're going to, again, feel more full. So then you eat less. And then we, again, that's how we maintain that weight is eating less or losing weight. Mm-hmm. So you make another good point. Our sweet potatoes, because they're so great in fiber, and that might satisfy somebody's craving a little bit because they do have a sweeter taste, don't you think? I mean, most definitely. And they're high in vitamin A. Uh, they're also high in fiber. Um, even a small baked potato, I usually say, you know, the size of a computer mouse is usually our serving size. So it is, we still look at total amounts of carbs, um, is also a, a good option to have. Because again, you have the fiber and a baked potato has vitamin C in it. So there's no reason not to have a small baked potato or a small sweet potato, but it's all about balancing. If you're just going to eat that potato, you may not feel totally full adding which we're going to talk about later is, you know, a lean source of protein, chicken and fish and a vegetable. It's all about balancing your meals and having a variety at every meal. And of course, Emily, we know that fiber helps to lower cholesterol and it helps with more regular evacuation. So what's not to like about it? Exactly. I mean, there's two kinds of fiber. There's soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. And for instance, there's been multiple studies showing um, the soluble fiber, such as psyllium, will actually help you feel more full, but also help lower cholesterol about 5%. In conjunction to having fiber from bran, fruits, vegetables, all those whole grains. And it may even prevent small clots that help prevent prevent against heart attack and stroke. So then let's talk about protein because protein is important, but there are good and bad choices there as well. Um, Exactly. So in in terms of protein, you know, red meat has sort of been in the media back and forth of being on being unhealthy. So we want to sort of choose it's, it's higher in saturated fat. So if we can choose more chicken and fish, would be a definitely a better option, especially fishes that are high in omega-3, such as salmon and tuna would be a great option. And again, it's important to have that protein with the carbohydrate and the vegetable to bring in the fiber to have that, that complex uh, balanced meal. Mm-hmm. So red meat in itself is good, but it's the fat content, the saturated fat that makes us say, go in a different direction. And exactly. It's, and it's also the 
like carbs, it's the source of protein rather than the amount, which is important. And you mentioned the, the healthy choices. What about fruits and veggies? I love that you say you don't have to eat a barrel of each one to get your five choices in each day. I yeah, think people, that's an important yeah, message. People, have no, I, people in general have no idea what a real serving size is. So for instance, or they can go like five servings of fruits and vegetables, that's like 10 bowls. It isn't, it's, it's your fist. So you do five fists of fruits and vegetables, which is really small. It's about a half a cup of cooked vegetables or a cup of raw or the size of a baseball, you know, is, is, a, is an apple. So that's, I mean, that's not very much. Five fists of food is not a lot when most people eat about three times of that, mm-hmm. sometimes at one meal. Because I was reading the other day that studies show, and correct me if I'm wrong, five servings a day, fruits and veggies, lower your risk of heart disease and stroke by 20% compared to those who eat fewer than three a day. So as you say- Mm-hmm. Right. That's absolutely true. And the big thing I want to focus on is you want to eat those fruits and vegetables. You do not want to drink them in a juice form because you lose the fiber. You lose the, the, the chewing aspect of, of eating more. So you're feeling full. So it's, and even for diabetes, the juices are much going to be higher in sugar. So it's more important to definitely choose the fresh fruits and vegetables or frozen or cooked, however you want to have it in, in a form that you're going to chew the food versus drink it. So the solid form. So when you see things advertised like drink it or capsules, you're missing a big part of the benefit. Interesting. Your your nutrients are always best absorbed through food versus pills because the Mm -hmm. pills aren't necessarily regulated and you don't know exactly what you're getting in that pill. And you can also mega dose on that, which can cause complications. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with Emily Rubin. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. And we're back on Your Radio Doctor with Emily Rubin, registered dietitian from Jefferson University Hospital. Emily, we're talking about making good choices of carbs and proteins. But as you say, life is a balance. It's not just uh, saying, well, you can eat as much as you want. You still don't want to eat too much of any one food group. You want to balance and you want to be sensible about the quantity. And we were starting to talk about fat intake. Again, yes, it's important the type of fat you eat, but you all want to be, also want to be sensible about the amount. Let's talk about that a little bit. So in terms of fat, we want to choose more of the polyunsaturated fats, which would include nuts, avocado, um, the different kind of vegetable oils, seeds, even fish, which is omega-3 fatty acids, chia seeds, there's flax seed, there's so many healthy kinds of fats, but we and olive oil being a key one. The issue is also the portion, because even though fats are healthy, you know, 10 almonds is 100 calories. One tablespoon of olive oil, which is your thumbnail, is 120 calories and 14 grams of fat. So super beneficial, has plenty of nutrients, but I've worked with patients and if they're having a half a cup of oil at a sitting, you know, they're at about 500 calories. So again, it does come down to that whole calorie control when it comes to weight loss. And Mm -hmm. if you're not exercising and eating balanced or eating other foods that are high in calories or high in fat throughout the day, and even high in carbohydrate, you may not see that weight loss or weight maintenance that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I always hear you remind patients that when you pick up a product and it says low fat, it often contains more carbs to give it the flavor because fat tastes good. I mean, that's one of the things we read about, right? So if you're sacrificing fat and putting in more carbs, guess what? That goes into your system and turns and gets stored as fat. So 
Exactly. So all right. And if too many carbohydrates, if people eat too many carbohydrates, they then will be stored as fat, which will then contribute to, um, you know, increased, possibly increased weight, increased triglycerides as well. So the thinking behind low fat, it depends on the food option, like low fat cakes and cookies and ice cream relatively have the same amount of calories as the regular ice cream. It's just um, it's actually higher in sugar. Same thing with even low fat peanut butter. They add more sugar to it. So therefore, it's the same calorie but just more sugar. So that isn't always the best option. When it comes to fats like salad dressings, mayonnaises, um, cream cheeses, I do recommend lower fat because they're not actually essentially higher in carbs. And there's a, a huge difference of the amount of saturated fat and even total calories as well. You could be saving 100 to 200 calories by choosing a reduced fat cheese over a full fat cheese. Interesting. So, sa- And you still feel full as well. Uh-huh. Salad dressing, cream cheese, and certain cheeses go low fat? Right. For instance, if you get a piece of cheddar cheese, a block of cheddar cheese or a block, two dice of cheddar cheese is 100 calories and 10 grams of fat, like eight grams of saturated fat. If you get the 50 or 50 percent reduced, it's 60 calories and only three grams of fat. And it's still just as satisfying. And you're getting rid of that saturated fat and you feel like you're eating something. A lot of people um, will not have cheese. But again, cheese getting a lower fat version of cheese is going to give you the calcium and vitamin D and it's still going to prevent you from feeling deprived. And it's a great snack to add in you know, to your day. And I guess the other good takeaway is avoid processed foods with the saturated fats. We talked about red meat, but ice cream, butter, and you mentioned cheeses. It's pretty easy to find ice creams that are lower in fat that still taste good. Yes. Right. So again, we want to, there's those ice creams, right, that are lower in fat, but then some of them that then add more sugar. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different products out there that they actually make these little frozen yogurt portion control bars that are really good. Um, anything that's portion control that's sort of individually wrapped even no matter what it is if you want the full fat ice cream but you get it in a, in a portion control ice cream sandwich or something like to that extent it's going to be perfect because it's you're getting that taste and you're getting within that portion control it's really hard to measure out to eat a half cup of ice cream you know i mean that's two spoonfuls for most people so that's one of these things which i don't really recommend and you know what if you honestly have the craving for it sometimes it's better just to eat that ice cream and have that treat it's okay to do that. It's a whole it's a whole thing about balance. And then the next day or next two days, you get back on track. That's the biggest issue is people may eat some of these unhealthy foods for a day or two and then say, oh, and then continue, you know, oh, I had a bad day and continue to, you know, consume that bad day. You don't want to do that. You want to get back on track the next few days. And, and maybe that's why right, people were, were gaining the COVID-19, like, I'm really nervous. I'm sad. I deserve, I mean, I know my lockdown luxury was, um, I was eating a particular type of candy. I can't ma- mention the uh, name brand. I thought, why am I doing this? But uh, it's human nature and because of people like you. I mean, we could do a whole show on portions. The, I've, right. I've heard tell that if you're watching TV, you don't have the whole bag of cookies with you. You get up, have a cookie, maybe two, sit down and eat them. And if you have to get up again and you're going to miss that part of the show, you're not going to you're not going to go back for the other 42 cookies. Right. So, so, yeah, so I, I, had a pa- I had a patient recently who said she didn't want to she would go upstairs at night and she used to bring food. She's lost 20 pounds by not bringing her food up at night because she doesn't want to take the extra steps to go back downstairs and get it. Not that I, I want her to be active, but that 20 pounds, that, I mean, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So many uh, tricks we can play on ourselves that, that are helpful. So Emily, U.S. News and World Report, they do an annual ranking of the best of worst diets. And I know you're a proponent of the Mediterranean diet. Let's talk about that because there is no specific, there is no Mediterranean diet. It's just that um, it's about being balanced in our choices. Right. So Greeks, well, so, it's an, it, right, right. so just Greeks eat differently than Italians or French or Spanish. But tell us about the principle of it. So the Mediterranean diet, it's 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 the whole lifestyle of the diet: being active, um, eating 
less um, red meat, processed foods, increasing fruits, vegetables, whole grains, eating more fish, which sounds much easier said than done. It's very hard in our lifestyle with the Americans to eat this way because these the people in the Mediterranean are shopping for their food every day. They're cooking their food every day. They're meal prepping. They're eating together as a family. Some of the things that uh, you know us in the United States are not doing, but we really have to try to focus on that. And you're right. We have sacrificed for whatever we're filling our time with. We don't sit down as a family uh, and enjoy each other's company and enjoy life. And we're not walking to the market every day or every other day. We're not walking to or recycling to work. I mean, we're we're making an effort, but I, I think that's an important emphasis because then that means you can't just smother your food in olive oil, but, you know, You've made that point before that that, uh, quantities are so important. So what are some of the outstanding features of the Mediterranean diet? So increasing, again, our fruits and vegetables, whole grains, you know, cooking with olive oil, you know, limiting to to the tablespoon, trying to walk every day, eating a variety of fruits and vegetables, making a colorful plate of broccoli and carrots and Brussels sprouts and spinach. And there's, you know, 30 different kinds of vegetables. If you don't like spinach, you know, try kale. If you don't like carrots, you know, you could try squash. I mean, there's so many, or zucchini, there's so many different kinds of vegetables you you can eat to try um, a variety of foods that we try to go over with different patients. Again, in terms of the red meat, if we could try to limit our red meat to no more than, you know, once a week or once a month, you know, that would definitely be an option. Mm-hmm. And tell us about the DASH diet. That's kind of the Mediterranean diet, but a little bit of um, salt, uh, restriction. So it's the same concept as the Mediterranean diet, but the key is is not having as much salt or eating much less sodium. It's a lower salt diet, less than 2,000 milligrams of sodium is what does that mean? So for instance, one teaspoon of salt, which again is your pinky nail, it has about 2,400 milligrams of sodium per day. That's more than what's recommended. So when we come to a low salt diet, we want to not add salt to our foods, maybe add herbs like rosemary and and thyme and seasonings and not buying as many canned or processed foods. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of the diet. And it has shown actually consuming less than 1,000 milligrams of sodium per day can lower blood pressure alone without possibly having to take either more medication or even lower your medication. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners, the DASH diet means dietary approaches to stop hypertension or high blood pressure. And that's from the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. So uh, it's a combination. Again, it's, it's pretty sensible. Um, how does it differ in the, from the Mediterranean diet? Just the salt restriction, pretty much? It's the, same exa- it's the same exact approach. It's a little bit of a lower fat diet as well. You know, they won't recommend as much, you know, focusing on the, 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 the good fats, but they really want it portion control in conjunction to having the lower salt. But both diets or combined diets do show decreased risk for cardiovascular disease, stroke, diabetes, fatty liver, obesity. It, it, there's been multiple, multiple studies that have proven that. We have about 30 seconds, the flexitarian diet. Yeah, so, right, so which sounds really funny. So basically, it's the diet that you might be already following, but let's add some of the Mediterranean diet approaches by adding more fresh fruits and vegetables, adding more plant-based foods into your diet, adding more nuts, making some substitutions, maybe cutting out the red meat and having a vegetarian meal, like maybe vegetarian chili for dinner. And the takeaway is also maybe, if I'm right, you can be a vegetarian most of the time, but if you really have the urge to have a burger once a month, it's okay. Yeah, I recommend that all the time Mm -hmm. because the whole point is anybody that feels deprived, the diet isn't going to work. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a simple fix that doesn't work that way. If you want that burger, whatever you have that craving for, it's what you do on that one day. It's not what you, you know, that one day makes no difference. It's what you do the other 364 days a year. Exactly. Good point. We'll be right back after this break with Emily Rubin. 
Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. Emily, you've really helped us clarify the Mediterranean diet, the DASH diet. There's, we'll take a moment to talk about the MIND diet. So the MIND diet, again, is, is combining the Mediterranean diet with the DASH diet. So it is supposed to help decrease cognitive decline, such as Alzheimer's um, and Parkinson's disease. So again, it's just combining all these healthy diets. Because when, you're, when somebody's told to, to follow one diet for the rest of their life, it can be a little bit overwhelming. So this way, sort of combining different tips along the way of following the lower sodium, increasing the fiber, decreasing the red meat, decreasing the saturated fats, combining different diets, your body gets adjusted to doing the same thing every day. So this, all, the combination of these diets can definitely help mm-hmm. extend life and not feels overwhelmed. And you're bringing so many great pearls of wisdom today. And our listeners will walk away learning a lot, but might not remember everything. So U.S. News and World Report, that's how we start the conversation. They list the best and worst of diets and, and the pluses and minuses. People can read that when it's published in late December, early January. I guess they do that so that for your news, New Year's resolution, say, okay, this is the year I'm going to improve my choices. Would you say that's where they should look for it? Um, exactly. Because it's interesting, though, they have have the best diet, which the Mediterranean diet has won probably over the past four years. I'm sure it will be the fifth year, but you know, it's all based on research. And mm-hmm. one of the worst diets overall for nutritional benefits is the keto diet, but the, one of the best diets for quick weight loss. Well, that's not a positive when you see best diet for quick weight loss. And keto means that if ordinarily we have carbs in our diet, we metabolize them first. And if there are fewer carbs or no carbs, which was keto's basis, right? Then you switch to fat um, metabolism and you break that down for energy and you make what's called ketones. It's a chemical in your blood that could give you bad breath and and, and make certain changes that you're going to talk about um, in the way you feel and et cetera. Um, and you can only sustain that for so long. So let's talk about the keto diet. And really, it's not completely new, right? In the 70s, the Dr. Atkins, the Atkins diet popularized the concept, but only, but said, go with it for two weeks, not extended. Tell, let's talk about that. Right. So the, the keto diet, if you know, bottom line, it's really consuming just two food groups. You're only eating chicken, turkey, fish, you know, uh, red meat, bacon, oils, that's it. You're just eating protein and fats. Primarily, it doesn't even recommend the kind of fat. You could eat as much saturated fat as you want. I had patients cooking all their food in bacon, bacon mm. fat. So oh my it's, goodness. you could choose any kind of fat you want. You can eat as much as you want. Oh my God, that sounds extremely tempting, right? But let's think about that. Just eating all of that all day. How do we feel when we just constantly eat protein? The mouthfeel of it, it's not satisfying. It's satisfying essentially, but it actually can almost make us feel sick. Like there's no fruits, there's no vegetables, there's no grains, there's nothing else that will, you know, make the diet balanced. So we may be dehydrated. We may actually feel nauseous from eating all those foods. Um, You're allowed a certain amount of carbohydrates, which is equivalent to maybe one piece of bread, but you can't have the piece of bread. It could be found in, you know, a vegetable, but it is is a very uh, restrictive diet and definitely, you know, not long-term. I always say, you know, if you really want to fit into a dress or fit into, you know, something for an event that that you need to do a quick weight loss, that's fine. But the minute you bring back a carbohydrate, a piece of bread, half a cup of pasta, even a piece of fruit, you're going to gain that weight back. So it's not good for total life, for long-term lifestyle. 
Yeah, because your body says, okay, we're breaking down fat, we're breaking down fat, there are no carbs. And then you bring the carb in and you say, okay, I'm going to hold on to all that fat that I just ate. So that's kind of, and the other thing, the reason people might have nausea or feel sick, uh, even constipated, is because when we are looking for energy, the, the go-to is carbs first and then fat, uh, uh, protein. Fat sits in our stomach the longest right? So if you eat enough fat and it sits there, you feel like you've had an anchor. You've had an anchor for lunch. And that's kind of why um, people would feel that way. Tell us about um, the keto flu. I think that's interesting. Yeah. So the, the keto flu, basically you feel like, like you feel like you're honestly out of the flu. You feel tired. You feel weak. You feel nauseous. Um, you're constipated. You might even feel dizzy. Sometimes electrolyte balances. Where's your potassium? You know, where's your magnesium? Where, where's all the your vitamin C? Where are all these vitamins that you get from fruits and vegetables? They're gone. You know, and they, they stress taking all these supplements, but obviously that's not ideal. So it's just, I've had patients tell me I follow this for two weeks and it's the, you know, who wants to feel sick? You know, we want to feel well. We want to feel good. I understand, you know, people need to lose weight, but this is not the way to go. So, and it's, it's been shown to reduce seizures in children, but there's no data to suggest that it helps adults with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, MS, you know, brain cancer. Are, anything. Yeah. No, I mean, I have actually had a patient with brain cancer and, you know, she followed this diet and she was losing so much weight uh, and she needed those stores, you know, she, she was underweight and she needed, she needed antioxidants, she needed vitamins, she needed carbohydrates to keep, you know, why she was going through chemotherapy. So no, it's not, it's, it's not ideal for any condition. It has been proven in, in seizures and I've worked with patients, but I modify, it's a modified keto diet. It's not still this extremely high fat. It's also the kind of fats. We're going to choose more of the healthier fats, such as the avocado, the nuts, the olive oil, um, and the less saturated fat. We're not going to do the actual full saturated fat diet because overall that's not healthy. And a couple of points you make is uh, it makes you feel full, but it's hard to maintain because it gets a little boring. And if you're heavy on red meat and processed food, salty food, it's just downright unhealthy. Plus, we don't know the long-term effects because since it's hard for people to sustain it, we don't have data that shows people that have been on it, you know, large numbers of people on it for a long time. And the other thing we always tell our patients is we talked about fatty liver last week. It happens if you're intake is too high or if you starve yourself so if you're doing yo-yo diets okay i'm going to go keto for you know three or four weeks your rapid weight loss and then you're going and back then, and forth is definitely yeah. is definitely not good i mean they've done studies it's interesting they combined they did a, a big study combining all the different diets you know the keto diet the weight watchers diet you know uh, the portion control diet um, just all the meal replacement diet. And, you know, everybody after a year gained the weight back. So, because they just went back to their habits. So, and they all lost very similar amounts of weight. You know, if you if you have a structured weight loss program, everybody's going to lose weight. Again, the hard part is keeping it off. Um, and to constantly feel dehydrated and nauseous and, and it, it's just not a good idea. I, I will, you know, patients do come in and really want a diet like this. And I try being a dietitian, I want to modify it. So I might add a little bit more fruits and vegetables. Again, I'm going to lower the fat. I also might even increase the protein because protein makes you feel just as full as fat as long as you choose the right kind of protein. Mm -hmm. And you said it can lead to dehydration. I thought, wonder why that is because fruits and veggies have fluid in them. So they you're missing water, that. Right. Uh -huh. And then the other thing is it could decrease your bone minerals. Osteoporosis is not your friend. I live with that. Just broke a rib six weeks ago. Not fun. Yes. So tell us about intermittent fasting. How is that different from the keto diet? So intermittent fasting is the timing is when we eat. It's funny that the two of those diets came out together. So people were following keto and then following intermittent fasting, which is basically eating your the, the the best variety of the intermittent fasting is eating your your meals within that eight hour period of time so you know you can't eat any other time of day if it's 12 to 8 or 
nine to nine to four, that's your time that you're actually eating eating your your meals. So obviously on keto diet, that would possibly work because you feel full. You know, so you're not you don't want to eat as much. But overall, I don't think it's a good idea to um to eat to eat your calories within that eight hour period of time because if you if you're physically hungry and you're skipping a meal, you may overeat. If you're diabetic you know, may, you, you may lower your blood sugar. The, the best part of it is the cutoff time. If, you know, if it's giving you, you know, eight hours to eat and you're going to cut off by 8 p.m. and you're somebody that eats late at night, that's why you're going to lose weight. Yeah, that's a good thing, especially if you have reflux and you're going to bed, you don't want a lot of food or fluid. So COVID, our favorite topic these days, about 42% of Americans gained up to 29 pounds or thereabout during uh, lockdown because they were limited in access to healthy food. The gyms were closed, sitting more time at the computer. What advice do you give people for that? Um, well, right now, so they gain the weight. So I've been actually seeing probably multiple patients now coming in. So I'm trying to put them on some kind of healthier Mediterranean balanced meal plan, individual meal plan. They tell me what they eat. They tell me their lifestyle. And from that, I, I devise a diet from them. But trying to get up and taking a walk. I, I know, um, you know, people lost that commute time. So they're not walking as much, um, you know, exercising outside, trying to, to meal prep, getting getting healthier foods. You know, there was some positive of sitting down as a family going back to that, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. And we always like to talk about sleep deprivation. People say, what does that have to do with my weight? But if on a daily basis, we have diurnal or twice a day, uh, signals, chemicals tell our brain when to be sleepy and when to be more wakeful. Um, and these are stimulated by light and darkness. So if we're sleep deprived, it increases risk for obesity, diabetes, even depression, because our hunger and preference for carbs and fatty foods are confused. And some evidence suggests that um, those hormones that control hunger and satiety are just really mixed up in your body. So what do you tell people about that? I mean, it's, it's definitely a struggle, especially I work a lot of times with night shift workers and it makes it even harder for them to lose weight as opposed to, you know, our day shift workers. So again, it's about making healthier choices. If it's choosing, you know, fruits and vegetables, uh, you know, protein rich, low fat foods, you know, basically making a meal plan geared towards their, their lifestyle. I think that's going to help. Mm -hmm. And I think COVID has influenced that as well, because, uh, you know, in work settings, people say, we're not commuting. So I could shoot you a text at 7 a.m. You're up, you're, you know, (laughs) and more working more, right. You wind up working more hours as well with with COVID because, you know, you might start, you don't have the commute time, but then you're you're still sitting longer. Sometimes the commute time people are still walking as well. It's just, you know, even like setting an alarm every hour to get up and take a walk or drink, drink, drink a glass of water, do something that's going to make your lifestyle a little bit healthier. Mm -hmm. Good point. Stay with us and we'll be right back with Emily Rubin. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented in part by Recovery Centers of America. When needed, call RCA 1-888-RECOVERY. We're in our final segment today of Your Radio Doctor and Emily Rubin, registered dietitian from Jefferson, is outstanding with her advice. Emily, we were talking about uh, the keto diet and at first glance people say, whoa, good way to lose weight quickly. Tell us about that one case that really brings it home, that it's not always good. Yeah, so I had a young female athlete that was just very hungry, needed to maintain weight to compete and she was eating, you know, 12 eggs in the morning, lots of meat. Um, chicken. And she decided just routinely, let me just get my blood work done. And her total cholesterol was 550. Her LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, was 454. So I then told her the next, you know, marathon or triathlon she does, she may not make it. And she was so worried and so upset. 
So we then did a Mediterranean style diet and her weight basically stayed stable throughout both of these diets. She wasn't necessarily losing weight because she was already at a, at a good weight and her numbers totally reversed. So this is the issue is not, when people follow these diets, you're not always getting blood work done. You're not always going to a doctor, especially you know, during this time period, you follow different diets. So you don't know what your body's doing on the diets and she's a perfect example. And she also had a stress fracture during that time of following the keto diet, again, another bone density issue, and then she couldn't even compete. So you know, it's really important to follow a diet that's gonna be a lifelong lifestyle diet that is gonna meet you know, your everyday life sure. um, and making healthier choices, individualizing your, your, your you know, your, your lifestyle. So on the outside, she looked lean and mean and she's doing marathons and just over the top, uh, feats. But on the inside, she was really, as you say, uh, threatening herself with heart attack, even at a young age. Yeah. I mean, she was, you know, 28 years old. So, I mean, it is, it's, it's very scary. So, um, but like I said, that's the big thing is people aren't going to get blood work done and they're not always going to a doctor every time they follow one of these quick fad weight loss diets. So it's, it's just amazing what we can see that can happen. Right. And as you say, she was probably uh, losing bone minerals and that's why stress fractures. And the other thing we should mention is when people eat too much protein, if they already have uh, kidney disease, they can really cause uh, pretty quickly more acute kidney damage. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it could if you already have under underlying kidney disease, if you have... Um, uh, you know, high blood pressure, um, even even liver disease, eating too much, you know, saturated high fat uh, protein foods are, are not recommended. Also can lead to gout. We've had patients develop a condition where you develop uric acid and it's all found in those high fat foods. Mm -hmm. Emily, what are the most important takeaway messages you want our listeners to hear today? Yeah. So we never want to think of it as a diet. It's a lifestyle change. It's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. That's going to make you feel good and and enjoy life as well. And you know, technically it's easy to lose weight. You know, the hard part is keeping it off. So we want it we want to try to find the right the right meal plan for you. Um, you know, exercising if you know if it's walking around the block, if it's finding a partner. And then I mean again if you eat have a bad day, you know, the whole psychological part, don't beat yourself up, oh my God, because I ate a piece of cake and you know the holidays are coming and I'm overeating on on Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and all these like nice family events that hopefully we'll be able to spend this year. Um, you, you don't want to beat yourself up about it. You, again, just you get back on track the, the next day, you know, increasing it, you know, having an extra fruit or vegetable or maybe not having a dessert that day. Mm -hmm. And I think th that's part of the reason why I did obesity and all these topics now before, you know, once Halloween hits, it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, Hanukkah, mm -hmm. New Year's. And I thought this was a good conversation to have. If people wanted to read more about it, where would you direct them? I guess the U.S. News and World Report, they should look for that. And yeah, that's good. So eatright.org is a, is a website that um, is has articles written by dietitians, and you can even search for a dietitian if you'd like to search, you know, have an individualized meal plan, which again is covered by insurance. Healthline is great. Everyday Health definitely, you know, has some some really good research based tips and, and ideas. And then even some eating well recipes. Looking for low fat Mediterranean rich foods. And one of my favorite um, websites is called Eat This Much. It's actually a website that gives you recipes with all the different diets. So you can put in Mediterranean, you can put in vegetarian, and they give you a whole meal plan with different recipes and even put the cost involved there. So that's really nice. That's wonderful. I mean, people just sometimes need direction. And if they have a plan, it's not so overwhelming. And I think the other message is when you say it's covered by insurance, if you're struggling, treat yourself to a visit with a registered dietitian. Some of the things you mentioned make so much sense, but when you're overwhelmed or you say, oh, it, 
I can't do it. I'll just eat the ice cream. People fluster and uh, you could really help them. Right. There's so much incorrect information in the media too. Mm-hmm. That are, you know, nutrition is what, a billion dollar industry. So you want to find somebody that studied this, that has, you know, reputable, that has a reputation that such as a registered, registered dietitian that's going to teach you how to eat correctly right. and then prevent disease. Right. Wonderful. Emily Rubin from Jefferson Clinical Dietetics. Thank you. You are a superstar. We always love when you come to visit us. Thanks, Emily. Thanks. And now for your real champion. I call this segment a tale of two cities. Kelly Clark's life is a tale of two cities. In college, she majored in speech communications with a minor in journalism, then landed a job as a page for ABC, well on her way to becoming a TV anchor. Success then led to an executive position for Estee Lauder in New York, with office near the plaza. An exciting life for a bright young woman. But her life of glamour and trendy style was in sharp contrast to that of Earl's, the homeless man she noticed in the same spot on her daily walk to and from the subway. He wore the same winter coat every day, even in the sweltering summer heat. When did he last shower? How did he eat? How can people step over another human being? We shouldn't judge him. She didn't want him to remain invisible, so she learned his name, connected with him, and enrolled at Fordham to earn a master's degree in social work. Rather than designing lipsticks and promoting perfume, she joined the New York Housing Authority to protect disenfranchised children from domestic violence and abuse. She rode the subway to the projects in the Bronx, Queens, and Harlem, often dodging stray bullets. Kelly grew up in a loving family with parents who taught her that you treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO. As the oldest of six, she had a comfortable childhood that included summers at the shore. In fact, her brother continued that tradition, and on Labor Day of 2001, he had the entire family at his house on the bay. Kelly's son was two years old at the time, and her brother delighted in teaching the toddler how to open the fridge and bring his uncle a Coke. She holds that memory dear because eight days later, her brother was lost when the second tower fell on September 11. Fueled by heartbreak, she ran PTSD centers through Manhattan by day and took flyers with his picture to the Red Cross and multiple hospitals by night, but he was never found. Her brother was one of only three people who was never identified, and for two years, she helped first responders and families deal with bereavement while she dealt with her own grief in silence. Now a single mom, she moved back to Philly suburbs to raise her son with extended family, re-entered the field of behavioral health for children and adolescents. In 2007, she began developing Cradles to Crayons, which provides essential items to children in struggling families. She started with an empty warehouse and one volunteer. With her marketing experience, she raised more than half a million corporate dollars a year. What began as a program for 1,000 children is now a four-star charity serving 245,000 children per year in homeless and low-income situations. Kelly's passion is to turn a program around, rebuild, and rebrand. Working her magic now as Vice President of Clinical Treatment at the American Treatment Network, helping thousands of patients struggling with substance use disorder. Rebuild and rebrand, even with her own life, when she faced melanoma in 2019 and then breast cancer within the year. She says, with so many knockdowns, I've always counted on myself. Her biggest lesson is trust yourself. You are enough. You have to do you first. Know your passion. This is a woman whose cup overflows with grace and gratitude. She didn't look for support from other people. She always counted on herself. And she believes that ultimately, we will be judged by how we treat others and how we lift others. We salute you, Kelly Clark. 
you're a real champion. A special thank you to our exclusive sponsor, Independence Blue Cross, and the support we've had this year from Rothman Orthopedics and Recovery Centers of America. Thanks for joining us today. Listen to our show again on yourradiodoctor.com. Please follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Send an email to info at yourradiodoctor.com and tell us about a champion, a topic you'd like us to cover. Become a partner in the show. It's October, the perfect time to get your flu shot. Ladies, October is Women's Health Month. Pink Plus at Jefferson gets up to three cancer screenings in one visit, mammogram, gynecology exam, and a brief visit to discuss screening for colon cancer. Pink Plus, 215-503-1631. Pink Plus, 215-503-1631. Now, pour yourself that second cup of coffee, put your feet up, and listen to the soothing voices of Sid Mark and Frank Sinatra. You deserve it. This is your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, wishing you a wonderful and safe week and always here to remind you that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.